1856, the Marxes were finally able to move out of Soho. London at this time was growing not only in population, but physically as well, aided by the extension of the railway system. The Marxes moved to the rapidly expanding districts around Kentish Town. This was primarily because Jenny received two bequests in the year 1856. David McClellan discusses the family's improved living situation, though here he misspeaks slightly and he means Jenny's mother when he says Marx's mother. In the late 1850s and 1856, the Marx family were lucky in that his wife, Jenny, inherited something from an uncle. And Marx, his mother, also died and he inherited some money from her, so they were better off and moved up to Grafton Terrace in Kentish Town, which was then on the very edge of London development. There weren't any proper roads, the whole thing was a building site really. But the place where they moved to was much more spacious than Dean Street. In Dean Street they had one big room, one bedroom, and eventually a little study for himself. Uh, very, very cramped. Grafton Terrace, there were three storeys and a basement, which made four storeys in all, two rooms in each one. Not very big rooms, but still quite a lot of space there. So their circumstances, to some extent, improved in Grafton Terrace. Although the family was now much more materially comfortable, and the severe crises of the early and mid-1850s had come to an end, all was not completely well for the Marxes. Moving to the edge of the city increased the family's isolation, and the adolescence and young adulthood of the three surviving daughters, Jenny, Laura, and Eleanor, brought new expenses. Jenny, his wife, didn't like it because at least Soho was a very sociable place. Lots of friends there, she could walk around, go to the pub, you know, whatever they did, you know, there. Grafton Terrace, she knew nobody, right on the edge of nowhere, she didn't really like it. And also, that as they were in a way climbing up the social scale, the Marxes, they felt, both of them I think, that they had to, as it were, keep up with the Joneses, or at least keep up appearances, and particularly bring their daughters up as middle-class girls. So they had to pay for violin lessons, piano lessons, elocution lessons, this, that and the other, which was very, really quite expensive. So in some ways, the actual financial climate of Grafton Terrace was no easier than it had been in Dean Street, largely because the aspirations had grown and were higher at that time. As I say, partly because of the education of the girls who were growing up into teenagers at that time and needed if they were going to be proper middle-class girls. And that was, that was <laughs> Marx's ambition, because he said to one of his friends he didn't want to in inflict on his daughters the kind of life that he had inflicted to some extent on his wife. He wanted them to be free of that. But despite the move to suburbia, Marx did still receive some visitors. It was more difficult of access when they got north to Grafton Terrace. But people particularly like LaSalle came for quite some time, who had a very ambivalent relationship 
with Marx, partly because Lassalle was quite well off and was quite a big name in Germany, which Marx was neither well off nor a big name in Germany. But the two were quite friendly most of the time. But people like that would come to Grafton Terrace. But it was difficult for the Marxists because, as I said, they had always to put on some kind of an appearance that they were a proper bourgeois household, which they were indeed aspiring to be at the time, but by no means always succeeding. <laughs> and, as ever, Engels was able to fill in the family's income gaps, sometimes in highly inventive ways. The major income that Marx had in the time when he was in Grafton Villas and before in Dean Street came from Engels. But Engels used to, there are numerous letters from Marx saying to Engels, please send me five pounds, please do this, please do that. And Engels would send this money in separate envelopes with the five pounds torn in half. So that if somebody got half of this, it wouldn't be any good. And Marx would stick the things together when he got back there. The increased space and relative peace and quiet at Grafton Terrace allowed Marx to publish his Critique of Political Economy in 1859, which Professor Stedman Jones referenced earlier. In doing so, he continued to consult the British Museum, which he now reached by using London's omnibus system, and which he should now have reached.